This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're on a fantastic week so far and it started off well yesterday for you. Uh, of course, we're closing in now on Arsenal's next fixture against Buda Glimpse in the Europa League. In fact, tonight at 6 p.m. we will be doing our preview show for that game and looking specifically into what they might do to us, what we can do to them, and how ultimately we can try and beat a team that is, I think, being underrated by quite a few people. Anyway, let's jump into the chat box, as always, and say good morning to our guests that are joining us live. Runs with Cows, good morning to you, to Carlton Cross, to uh, Olu and Anz and Paul James. Good morning, guys. Black Shine, Matt G, Stephen, Kaiser, Dave, uh, Evans, uh, and answer good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a fantastic start to your weeks. And, of course, everybody else that's joining us, too. Apologies, I can't say hello to everybody. That would take me literally forever. We kick off, as always, by telling you to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. And, of course, if you haven't already voted for us in the FCAs, in the Best Club Content Creator category, you've got three ways to do it. So plenty of opportunities, plenty of options for you. So if you haven't done so, Give the show some support and vote for us in that category. Our first story of the day is that Arsenal's women's team have been given what is a... It's a very difficult group. Um, I know that Zurich are, of course, a team that you would expect us to beat, similar to the men's team in the Europa League this season. But Juventus are a good side, but Lyon, uh, similar to getting Barcelona in our group last year, uh, it's two seasons now in a row where we're playing against Champions League finalists. And it's going to be very difficult to try and top this group. It's going to be a good test. You know, that's always good to kind of get a measure of where we're at. 
But getting Leon uh, is a frustration, I think, um, for Jonas Idaval. And fingers crossed we can get through it. And we have to, of course, beat Juventus most likely twice to be able to do that. But there is still hope. There is still a big opportunity for Arsenal. We've started off the season well. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to at least push all the way to try and get to the top of the group. But it's going to be difficult with Leon being in it, of course. Uh, moving forward, the Granite Xhaka was given the man, uh, the Player of the Month awards uh, after what has been an excellent September. And he started off October in similar strong fashion as well. His goal in the North London derby was his second of the season. Uh, he's chipped in with assists. He's got goals now. In fact, the irony is he has, I think, as many yellow cards as he does assists, which is quite a nice thing. I mean, if he does that across all of his seasons previously, we could be talking about one of the highest scoring midfielders in the league. Um, but thankfully, it is happening this season around. We want, obviously, to be more goals than yellow cards. That would be great. But the new role that we have seen Granit Xhaka implemented into by Mikel Arteta has absolutely given him a new lease of life. And we are experiencing kind of the the renaissance, if you will, of Granite Xhaka. And I think we're very thankful for that. Do we need more depth in that position? Absolutely. And Arsenal are still being linked with a move for a potential midfielder in January. There is an expectation that Arsenal will go into that January window and spend more money. Uh, whether or not that's for a position to compete with Thomas Partey or with Granite Xhaka remains to be seen. But there are still links with the likes of Douglas Louise, of course, and Danilo at Palmeiras. We'll also be linked with uh, Piero Hincapi from Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, a centre-back left-footed could be, of course, the player that takes kind of that responsibility away from Pablo Marie that he had backing up Gabriel. We need a left-footed centre-back to come in and provide more depth for Gabriel. We'll see if that changes. But a massive congratulations to Granite Xhaka on getting uh, named that player of the month for September. Fingers crossed this continues. Go and watch his message that he sent out on the Arsenal social feeds if you haven't done so already. Now, Jurgen Klopp has been talking about Martin Odegaard in the lead-up to Arsenal's game against Liverpool. Uh, he admitted that Borussia Dortmund tried to sign him. His quotes were, I like him a lot. That's easy in the moment, I think. It was a bit more difficult at the start of his career at Madrid. It didn't look like it would work out. I was disappointed about that because we wanted him at Dortmund. We wanted him as well when he was very young. We had a long talk when he was a kid still with his dad. In the end, he decided it's for Madrid, and that's fine. That's why I followed him always I'm really happy he's become the player we all expected him to be and even better if you want he has a massive role in an unbelievably strong Arsenal team he's still young clear mind very influential cannot say anything negative about him to be honest a top player well if Jurgen Klopp can't find any faults in you I mean do you need any more reassurance of kind of your position in the world of football right now Really positive to hear kind of these words coming from a manager like Klopp about a player that I think is not necessarily divided opinion, but I do think there are a lot of people out there that potentially still underrate Erdegaard. And for me, I don't really understand that. I know that he's been a bit of a stick to beat Mikel Arteta with, where Mikel Arteta wasn't particularly doing great, but he is so integral and important to what we're now trying to do at the club that we need to make sure that we are I don't use the word showing respect because it's not about showing respect in the case of a player like him. We all know how good he is. It's more so about making sure that we are appreciative of what he's doing, even when he maybe isn't so loud on the field, which does happen. You know, the game against the Spurs in the North London derby, I didn't particularly think that Erdegaard was, you know, wildly influential and loud in the game, but he's integral to the way that we play. He keeps the play ticking over. He keeps the kind of the way in which we want to move the ball 
working. He is kind of the metronomic figure in the side, a little bit like Santi Cazorla would be at times during the latter stages of his career when he wasn't chipping in with as many goals and assists. But the way in which he played kept that midfield running from that deeper position. Odegaard's doing it in a slightly more advanced role. He's a conductor, as Brad says in the chat. Absolutely. Uh, he's brilliant and I love him. And it's good to see other managers giving him the credit that he deserves. Now, Tim Lewis has resigned from his position at law firm Clifford Chance to focus more on Arsenal. This comes from uh, David Ornstein at The Athletic, who reported this yesterday. It said that this is kind of in order to give him an opportunity to integrate more into what's going on at Arsenal, more focus on what's going on at Arsenal. If you watch the All or Nothing series in episode five, there is an interesting conversation between Tim Lewis and Arteta about what they're going to do with Aubameyang. Uh, they then interview Tim Lewis separately, where he talks about how he's basically there to help but challenge Mikel Arteta. And if Mikel Arteta is asking for help in certain off-field matters, Tim Lewis is there to support him with that. I liked the way he spoke in that documentary because he basically turned around and said, I'm not going to be advising him on anything football related in terms of what happens on the pitch because that would be and his words were ludicrous and I like that I like the fact that executives understand what their roles are understand what their expertise are and don't pretend to be football managers I think there are too many executives in football that think they know what to do in terms of managerially lineups transfers no if your expertise are in law if your expertise are in social kind of dynamics and working out people problems stick to that if your expertise like Mikel Arteta's are, are in managing the team, then you focus on that. For me, under Arsene Wenger, whilst we had loads of success, he was stretched far too thin across the club. We need executives to have these different types of off-field roles, and they're going to give Arteta the most support possible. So Tim Lewis, along with KSE, and Tim Lewis, of course, has been involved with Arsenal since around 2007, advising the Cronkies about their potential takeover and then eventual takeover fully of Arsenal. And he's then now fully integrated, solely working with the club. So I think this is a good thing for Arsenal. I know that not many people know too much about Tim Lewis, but I think he's there to support Mikel Arteta and with how things have been going, anything that's going to be able to back Arteta and support him further has surely got to be a good thing. Uh, and finally, um, I don't know why it says following Balogun scores again <laughs> alongside a picture of William Saliba. What I can tell you is William Saliba has talked about the potential of signing a new contract. Uh, what I would love to see, of course, is him sign a new deal, as we all would. But it's great to hear him actually speak about the potential of signing a new deal. He said basically that, you know, there's conversations that have happened kind of at a lower level between his agent and the club. He's loving life currently at Arsenal. Uh, Fabrizio Romano said that he's really loving life at Arsenal now. He doesn't, I don't think he's necessarily thinking about anything else or going anywhere else. But uh, we don't know. And that's the most annoying thing about the Saliba situation is that we don't know. We can all have these chats and these talks and, of course, the situation where you could come out and say, I want to go. I'm not going to sign a new deal. All of these things are still possible at this stage. And until we see any kind of tangible evidence that a contract is going to be signed, everything remains up in the air. But it is nice to hear him ask the question about the contract. It is nice to hear him say how happy he is at Arsenal. It's nice to hear the fact that He's saying that discussions have gone on, you know, between him, his agents and the club. If he's loving it at Arsenal, it gives us the best possible chance to, um, you know, secure his future at the club. If I was Saliba, of course, he doesn't have to sign anything. Uh, all the power is certainly in his court. He could wait until after the World Cup and see what happens. He could wait until next summer and see what offers he gets. 
you know, all of that um, could happen and that would be favourable to him. But for me, you know, the idea of seeing him leave after what he's done is just more painful than I think most players in this team. If you had the opportunity to say, uh, would you rather him stay and sign a new deal or Bakayo Saka stay and sign a new deal? There's an argument, I think, that William Saliba is trickier to replace to find a centre-back of this ilk, of this quality. You know, all of that, I think, is going to be very difficult to find. Whereas Bakayo Saka, I think, and with respect to him, you could potentially find a inverted winger that's of a technical level like Saka. Easier than you could find a profile of defender like Saliba that's that's the difficulty it's not to say I prefer one over the other I just think it's trickier to find a Saliba replacement than it is a Saka replacement and that's a credit to him but I want both of them to sign new deals and to stay because they are absolutely ingrained in the culture of this club and the future of this club and hopefully we can secure both of them to long-term contracts Martinelli of course as well somewhere else involved in all of this chaos. That brings us to an end of part one and all of today's stories. We're going to move, therefore, to part two and your questions in the chat box after this short break. Hey guys, Tom Canton from Laguna Talk here. A massive thank you to everybody that has voted for us in the Football Content Awards. We have been nominated for the Best Club Content Creator in the Premier League to vote. And yes, we still need your votes because after being nominated, we now need to push through to try and get even further than the third place that we got last year. To do that, you can go over to the Football Content Awards website. You scroll down the page and you can find the bottom of that little link that says voting page. You go down to the Best Club Content Creator category and select the Google Talk after you've done that. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, click vote now, and it's all locked in. You can also vote on Instagram. We're going to the FCA's Instagram page. Find the best club content creator Premier League category and tag at the Google Talk in that profile. And lastly, you can also vote on Twitter. Just go to www.votefortgt.com and it will create the tweet for you. It's as simple as that. A massive thank you to everybody that's already voted and for those that are going to. We really appreciate it. Come on, you this. Yes, indeed, you can, of course, vote for us in the FCAs. All the information I've just read out for you there and the links to do all of that is in today's video description. Uh, Let's jump into the chats and get some of your questions answered. Uh, Marcus says, Locatelli rumours are resurfacing. Could he be a potential to replace or compete with Thomas Partey? You know, for me, I would love to see a level of player like Locatelli come in. I just don't see it happening. I I can't see Locatelli leaving Juventus, Um, especially when he worked like he fought so hard to join Juventus and reject Arsenal. It would be a little bit of a strange. Well, I I just can't work out how that would happen. But maybe stranger things can still happen in the world of transfers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Of course they can. Uh, Madge says, Tom, uh, do you think Klopp has made uh, the Erdegaard comments as a way to subtly let him know he's interested in going in for him? 
Klopp made similar positive comments about Martinelli. And and they haven't gone in for Martinelli, to be fair, either, Maggi. I mean, you know, of course Liverpool might want players like Erdegaard. I think they miss actually a player like Erdegaard, but it's going to cost you a serious amount of money to try and get someone like him now. I mean, we bought Erdegaard for what, around £30 million? What's he worth now? Easily upwards of 50. That's the thing about the current Arsenal team is we're signing players and they're worth more than what we bought them for. I mean, even Gabriel Jesus, we signed for 45 million pounds. He's now on a long-term contract. You'd have to sell him for significantly more than that. Gabriel Martinelli, what's he worth now after we signed him for 5 million pounds? Even Granite Xhaka, you know, if to lose Granite Xhaka now of a longer-term contract, you're going to have to pay at least what we, you know, similar to what we bought him for for Arsenal to even think about parting company with him. Only players, I think, like Thomas Partey, of course, with his age and the 50 million pound price tag, that's tricky. Ben White, of course, costs us 50 million pounds. I think you'd probably break even around that because we paid a lot we invested in him Gabriel Magalhaes is definitely worth more than the 25 million pounds we paid for him William Saliba what on earth is he worth after we paid 27 million pounds for him Tommy Asu uh Kieran Tilly Alexander Zinchenko are these guys worth more I think what's important to remember is that these players that we're playing are now building value and that's how we're going to address the poor sales record of this team is by buying players for an amount that then increases and if we do sell them on we'd absolutely need to make a profit on them and next summer that's going to be crucial to improving that sales reputation um uh, rails says tom i'm disappointed by the background music and your vote video is not jungle i know i i'd love for there to be some stock jungle music that doesn't infringe on copyright but there unfortunately wasn't um so i had to go with that um monstrosity some people might call it um Guna Tub says, Tom, do you need some editors for your work? The music for that video was extremely loud. I could have added some subtitles for you. Uh, I don't. I can just lower the volume. Um, it's just, it's done now. In fact, what I'll do is I'll just lower the volume for the next one. But I appreciate the offer. Uh, Marcus says, appreciate the Italians rarely moving to England, but rumours of Locatelli may already leaving Juve. Would you take him in January? Yeah, I absolutely would. I think it'd add a quality player to the team. Do we have any other Italians in the squad? I'm not sure we do. So, Synergy-wise, chemistry-wise, you know, communication, is that going to be a problem? Maybe. Would be better off going for Danilo, a Portuguese-speaking player who's got a lot of players that can talk to him. Maybe I'm underrating Locatelli's English-speaking abilities. Um, Stephen says, Tom, are we ready to challenge for the title? I'm not talking about titles at this stage. You know, for me, Arsenal won't be in a title challenge until we're up and close to City come April. You know, that that's when Arsenal have been in a, quote, title challenge for me. You know, but we're doing great and I can appreciate how great we have been and how good things are right now. And we should focus on the fact that we've been so good so far. Uh, Owen says, hi, Tom. As positive as our start to the season has been, I think it's hugely important not to underestimate Liverpool on Sunday. They haven't been great so far, but always seem to find form against us. Uh, I like to use the example that Arsenal can be a little bit of a defibrillator um, of a team at times. We've revived careers like Bruno Fernandes or Man United when we've seen them be really poor. And we kind of did that a little bit this season with naivety on the counter-attack. Liverpool, I think we absolutely should be beating on Sunday. It's a great opportunity to play them. Not only is it at home, they're not in the best of form. And I think they can be got at. Their best players aren't necessarily performing at the top level. And a player like Sadio Mane that used to cause us so many problems is, of course, no longer there. I hope that we've got enough to really take it to Liverpool, dominate a game. That's the key one, is that whenever we've played Liverpool, even at home at times, they've still dominated most of possession. I want to see Arsenal really control possession 
in this game and take it to Liverpool as best as we can. Um, Louis says, we talk about a wide forward a lot for backup. For me, Jesus can be that. I'm leaning towards a backup top striker, perhaps a physical player to bring on if need be, such as a Mitrovic type. I think there's an argument Arsenal could have more of a plan B option coming off the bench in times of, of desperate need. But however, there is still part of me that thinks that having like-for-like replacements enables Arsenal to keep playing the way that they can play. And I think what we've seen from our style of play so far this season, especially, is that that style of play is working. You know, teams aren't necessarily coping with it and chucking balls into the box against some of the lower teams down the table might not actually be the best technique to try and beat them in those finer moments. Uh, Lynn says, when we play on Thursday, do you think that Arteta will experiment a little with our players? For example, try and Tommy Asu as a centre-back. Uh, I don't. The main reason for that is because I think Cedric is injured. If Cedric was fit, I think potentially we would see Tommy Asu holding Cedric and Tierney as a back four. But because Cedric isn't fit, I think Tommy Asu will just come in at right back. Um, we're going to do our preview show tonight, so make sure you set your alarms for 6pm UK time because we'll be back talking about Arsenal ahead of Buddha Glimt this evening. Uh, and we'll have to see what teams our guests and myself have indeed come up with. Uh, Ronald says, if we get Champions League, what one player would transform Arsenal across the forward line and one player across the midfield and one player across the defence? It's a good question because there aren't particularly standout um, players, especially in the forward line and defence, that you would look to and say, yeah, we really need that. Defensively, is there one defender that I would look to? I think you have to probably look at the right-back position, considering the fact that Ben White's currently playing out of position. I know he's done really well, but you look at that as really the main one. It's either that or the left-sided centre-back, but you could then argue maybe moving White and Saliba into the middle is something that we haven't tried and I'm excited about. So who is a top, top right-back? Do you look at someone like Ashraf Hakimi? I'm not sure that you do because that would unbalance things because we've played with more of a disciplined style right-back and on the left-hand side, we've had Tierney and Zinchenko moving forwards. It's a bit of a difficult one. Maybe I'd have to give that more of a think. Midfield, you know, midfield's going to be really key. People say Jude Bellingham or Declan Rice. I think either of those two would be transformative for Arsenal in either of the six or the eight positions if we're in the Champions League. Why not try and compete for these types of players? And in the attacking line, I think we need to look to a Mikalo Mudrik, someone young, someone who can come in and play in multiple positions. Pedro Neto, of course, being linked, who's not had the best of starts to the season, to be fair. Um, but maybe would find a new lease of life at Arsenal. We need to find our Diogo Jota. That's what we need to find. A player that can play in multiple positions, cover areas that we need to, and offer lots of quality. So I hope that answers the, the question as best I can, Ronald, but I have skipped out on a couple of uh, those ones. Ian says, Tom, so we know ESR and El Elneny are out till January. Which player do you think will miss the most? Smithrow could be a shout, as Martinelli's competitor to Smithrow is Reese Nelson. I don't think it is Reese Nelson, personally. I think it's more Eddie Nketiah. I think that Jesus and Nketiah can both play in wide positions and are ahead of Reese Nelson in those potential wide areas. So I actually think Elneny is the bigger miss because Partey is so frequently out-injured or he must even face suspension, of course, as well. I think that because of that, Elneny is going to be the bigger miss for us more than what Smith-Rowe will be. We've also got Fabio Vieira, you have to remember, and I think that that opportunity to use Fabio Vieira potentially in a wider role is being skipped over a little bit. Uh, let's scroll down the page somewhat. Uh, Elliot says, Tom, would you consider selling Saliba uh, at this moment the best young defender in Europe and the best defender in the Premier League. Oh, sorry. Would I consider? I know I said selling. Selling's not even in it. I've been so much talk about Saliba leaving that I thought selling was in the question. Would you consider him to be the best young defender in Europe? Probably. 
Probably. He's the best defender in the Premier League on form. I don't think there's any defender that's on form better than Saliba right now in the league. He's the best young defender probably in Europe. Yeah, probably. I, I can't think of anyone that immediately comes to mind. Cavadio, I don't know how old he is now. Very highly rated. But if Wesley Fofana's going for 80 million, he's better than Wesley Fofana. He's better than him, you know. So for me, it's got to be better. It's got to be better than him, surely. Uh, let's go to Ronald. He says, our defenders will enjoy not getting elbows to the heads from Mane. That is for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Martin says, Tom, you kept tabs on our loans. Trusted becoming a, fa a fan favourite at Birmingham and Balogun's balling in France. We are and we're doing our loan update shows across the season. So you'll be getting expert insight and chats from all of our experts talking about players like Austin Trusty. I'm hoping to lock down someone to talk to about him throughout the season because he is a player that I think we should all be keeping our eyes on and not forgetting about. He could potentially come in as a ready-made backup to uh, Gabriel. He's playing on that left-hand side of a defensive three for uh, for Birmingham. So I think that's definitely a positive for us. Uh, Dave says, uh, talking about Partey, I heard uh, AVP talking about his minutes throughout his career. He's been managed wherever he goes so he doesn't get injured. He's not injury prone. It's his style of play. Um, I mean, if you think about the fact that Atletico Madrid, he was never really injured. He never really missed a game. Uh, I think the difference between him there at Arsenal is that he's been required to play a lot more. You know, he's been asked to play a lot more minutes. Yes, his style of play, he overextends. He absolutely adds so much more into a game than maybe it goes beyond the, the, the parameters of what his body is capable of. And that's where he overextends and injures himself. I think Arsenal need to manage him better. I think we could take him off earlier in games when we don't necessarily need to keep him on the field any longer. I think that's what we need to do better is manage the amount of minutes that he plays on the field. Um, Jay Dimes says, Patino could become the perfect Xhaka understudy. And what do you think about Benjamin Sesko? Benjamin Sesko will be joining RB Leipzig at the end of this season with Salzburg. So there's no chance that Arsenal will be signing him. Um, but he's a very good player. Patino still remains a little bit of an enigma for me. I'm not 100% sure where he's going to just slot into Arsenal's team for the future. He is doing well at Blackpool. The Blackpool fans rate him very highly. And he scored, of course, as well. And I think scored for the England under 18s, 20s, uh, over the international break as well. Look, there's a lot more, to, I think, to come from Patino. But I'm not 100% sure where he's going to fit into the team. I think we need to watch pre-season when he returns after his loan and see how he then integrates back into the potential Arsenal setup for next year. But he's a great talent. He's got a lot of potential. It's just about seeing where he kind of moves in. I don't think he's a number six, like an out-and-out -out six. I think he's kind of got that hybrid element to him where he can kind of play between the two roles, potentially where Xhaka is playing right now, as you say there, uh, Jay Dime, I think that potentially is where we might end up seeing him play. But he can play deeper, but he's not the physical sixes that you think you'd need for a number six role in, in a Premier League team when you look at Fabinho, when you look at Rodri, when you look at Partey, players that are playing in the deepest position of the midfield three for the top teams in the league, Patino isn't that. And I think Patino would play slightly further forward, probably in that Granite Xhaka position. Um, Daniel says, Tom, been asking Spurs fans, who would you have up top, Kane or Haaland? And they keep picking Kane. Is it me or are they being delusional? <laughs> Look, Haaland obviously is a brilliant player. And I think that the problem with Spurs and Kane is there's that attachment there. It would be like saying to Arsenal fans, um, I suppose during those seasons, I know that Robin Van Persie is not, 
in any way I liked figure. But he was such a like clinical and ferocious goal scorer. If he had stayed at Arsenal for his career and become a, potentially a club legend, you know, it may have been the same kind of case. I didn't really want to talk about Thierry Henry because he's very different and it was a very different kind of period then. But if Haaland's knocking in the amount of goals that he's knocking in, you can't ignore that record. You can't ignore that he could potentially be, you know, the next Ronaldo, Messi kind of, you know, that style of that that spearhead of the footballing world, along with probably Kylian Mbappe, to be fair. Those two are probably going to go forwards as the next two rivals of um, of the footballing world for the next generation. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know whether or not um, you'd ever see Spurs fans turn around and say they'd move on Kane. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'll tell you what, City made an absolute bargain by not going for Kane in the end, that's for sure. That is for absolutely sure. Um, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure, as always. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'll be back uh this evening at 6 p.m for our preview show of the Buddha glimpse game so do tune in for that uh subscribe vote for us in the fcas it's been an absolute pleasure as always and uh yeah up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.